0: Yo, what's going on? It's the Soccer OG, me, Max Bretos. Glad you uh, joined us again for a brand spanking new episode. Before we get into the meat and potatoes, as always, a gentle reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a comment here, there, everywhere on my YouTube page. Go check out the YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. New videos coming out every week, sometimes twice a week. Agree, disagree, leave a comment. I will always respond about 85% of the time. I only got two hands. I do my best. Great show coming your way today in the business end. I will be joined by Nate Bucati, who is one of the broadcasters on MLS Season Pass for Apple TV, also working for MLS on Fox, has a daily radio show in Kansas City on 8, 10 a.m. And we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs because we're going to talk about Taylor Swift because I know many of you find that more interesting than what's happening in the soccer world. And how can we get Taylor Swift to maybe date an MLS player? Important stuff we're going to discuss, among other things. And we're going to try and improve the league. So take a listen. I've already recorded it. Fantastic. Nate is really good at what he does. I know folks in Kansas City, and I know you're listening because I got the numbers. You will appreciate that. A little bit ahead in check complete, the United States recently wrapped up their 2023 calendar. And now we're looking ahead to 2024. And while it wasn't great against Trinidad and Tobago in that final game in port of spain the good news is that they did everything they were supposed to do and other teams didn't other teams of their ilk did not match what the united states were able to do so we'll take a look at what's happening in 2024 with the nation league semifinals as well as copa america oh that's going to be exciting we'll talk a little bit more about the u.s coming up in a moment the rundown starts right now Time now for the rundown, and I probably should have done it from Seattle. I visited Seattle maybe five times over the last five weeks or so, so I was up there again on my own dime to join LAFC, do a little content for them ahead of their Western Conference semifinal matchup with the Seattle Sounders. I got in on <laughs> I got in Sunday with our TV production manager or I don't know what we call her, but Sarah Takata, so she was there. We got in at 1.30. We joined LAFC supporters on the march to the match. That was awesome. I did some IG Instagram lives with them, and then we got into the stadium, did some reports from there, and then I, I talked to the owners, and I was able to get on their flight back, landing in Van Nuys, California. I live in Redondo Beach, which is by LAX. Got in a Uber, which I wasn't sure I was going to get at that time of the night around... 12, 12, 30, and I, the guy was gunning down at 90 miles an hour, and I was able to make it in at like around 1.30 in the morning, so pretty cool. Anyhow, this is not about that so much, but I did want to say, you know, we talk about Major League Soccer, we're going to talk to Nate Buchady about where we are right now, but you know, watching that game, and I know the turf isn't great, and I know I speak to the Seattle folks, and they know it's not great, and they would... You know, love to play on natural grass. It's not it. So we can't keep talking about it and complaining about it. But I know we complain constantly, and that's the way it is. But if you take that game for face value, two teams with a history, two teams that have played in the postseason, memorable games, 35,000 loud Seattle fans, traveling fans, 5,600 from LAFC, just an intense game with a spot in the playoffs. I mean, what else do you want? That was... That was awesome. It was incredibly part of I was on the edge of my seat, obviously my affiliation with LAFC. But Seattle did their part. It was an awesome evening. And I'm sitting here. I'm watching Champions League games. They've been drek, right? Some of these games just don't... They don't have what that playoff game had. Or as I watch more City which is fantastic because of the clubs and the stadiums and those supporters. But what's on the field is... Eh, and I think we... You know, people are still complaining about the three-game series, and we're playing a. <laughs> we've moved on, so appreciate that. And I'll, I'll mention it to Nate because I talked to some of the younger generations, and they're digging Apple TV and they're digging some of these players that we develop here. Just be patient; it's getting better. But that was a proper event. We hyped it up, or at least I did, and it delivered. So it was a, a great 24 hours, even less. It was like 16 hours in Seattle. It felt cool to kind of go in and out. You don't get to do that too often. So now we get ready. MLS uh, Cup Playoff Conference Finals this week. You got a great one in Cincinnati between Cincinnati and Columbus. I can't wait to see what that looks like. And I'll be at BMO Stadium as LAFC host the Houston Dynamo. So we have some great games. So enjoy it. Stop complaining. What are you complaining about anyway? Oh, I know what you're complaining about. VAR. (laughs) Look at the English game. That's all they talk about. I'm not even talking about goals or results. It's VAR. Everyone's up in arms. The latest, and by the way, it was a really entertaining game. And because of the VAR, it was Fulham and Wolves on Monday night, Monday night football in England, Monday afternoon here for us. And there were everything, you know, the referee got everything wrong. There was a VAR decision, which wasn't a penalty. And Fulham got it. Fulham would end up winning at 3-2. There was a moment. Uh, and I love Wolves defender Max Killman. He's a really good player. And he was he was his own worst enemy because he's an honest Abe. And who was it? Carl, uh, Carlos Vinicius, what was his name, of Fulham, had an exchange with him. And let me get the name right here. Yeah, Carlos Vinicius went to the ground. And then he was angry at Max Killman. So he jumps up his head hits the face of Kilman. Kilman touches his face, looks at the referee and says, he can't do that. He made clear contact. You can pull it up on the internet. I think I posted it on Monday on my uh, Twitter X. And Max Kilman didn't go on the ground. If the rule book says, if you come up and you make contact with your head, it's a red card. But Max Kilman decided not to go to ground and it it cost him. And everyone gets up in arms about the quote-unquote, theatrics. Oh, it's appalling. It's not part of the game. And, and, you know, people uh, talk about it in other sports, and they point at soccer. We don't have that in our game. But by the way, I watch all sports. I see fabrication and theatrics in football, in baseball, where they throw at players, Uh, basketball, they flop left and right. This is not a soccer problem. But what I'm here to tell you, if you think that this is a sport played by gentlemen... I'm going to laugh at you in the face because that the, the, the gentleman's sport thing is long gone. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Ange Postacoglu told us this. He says, as a manager, we're trying to find ways to break the rules, and that's why we need good officials to prevent us from getting away with that. Max Kilman, if he went to ground like he just lost his two front teeth because of that contact and needed immediate hospital attention— he would have got a red card against the opponent, and guess what? Wolverhampton do not lose that game 3-2. I guarantee it. Probably win the game. But he was a tough guy, and he said, oh, I'm, uh, that's beneath me, and it, it cost him. So what are we doing? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I know that's not the, the message we want to get to these kids and stuff, and if you do theatrics and you do them poorly and you get caught, you will be punished. But right now, if somebody does does you bad like Carlos Vinicius did to Max Kilman, then that is that. So then Champions League, which was really, I watched the Tuesday Champions League. There's just I just can't wait for the knockouts. The group stages are so tedious. It's not good football. I mean, some of the good teams have kind of cruised in there. We're we're looking to see who'll finish second. There's a couple groups where it'll be interesting in match day 6, yes. And I love the Champions League. I don't want to badmouth it, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Oh man, this is I'm yawning." Maybe need to get a little more sleep, but uh, that's the way it is. There was a game, the one I was watching, and I would check in on the other games on my secondary or tertiary screen, but it was PSG Newcastle. Newcastle up one zip, and then there was a moment where PSG are pushing. There is a cross played in. It hits uh, Livramento, the Newcastle defender, off his chest, and then it caroms off his arm. Kylian Mbappe is on the other side of it, and it wasn't called a penalty. They reviewed it, and it was called a penalty. And people say, I don't know what a handball is. What's a handball? It's the same argument every time, and people just play dumb. And the rules in England are not the same. The, the, the PGMOL are not the same that you have in IFAB, you know, which is what the governing body for the Champions League. So if that kind of denies a goal-scoring opportunity, if it goes off the arm, even if it went off the chest first, it's a penalty, the commentators were up in ours because they are used to the PGMOL, and that's a problem with the English commentators, and by the way, we don't want to duplicate what they're doing in England because the Premier League's a mess. I saw a tweet from Ian Dark saying he doesn't want uh, VAR anymore, and he was a proponent of it, but he's seen enough. By the way, PGMOL is saying that they want to, they, they have some data that they perhaps want to do more reviews on corner kicks and free kicks, and I'm like, What? More VAR? I don't know if I want to, I mean, this is, we might hit a, a breaking point where even me, who loves this sport, we go, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. It's not the same sport I enjoy. Everything being reviewed, different interpretations. This is what we're talking about. It's a bore. I guess what, I mean, there was bad uh, officiating moments um, in the MLS Cup playoffs, but we move on. It's a tough sport to officiate, and I don't want to bore everyone with talking about it endlessly here so uh, let's just move on. Let's move on. Let's talk to Nate Bukady in the business end. Stick around for check complete. For the U.S. soccer fans we will have a lot more to discuss there that you'll find very interesting. You have a lot to look forward to in 2024. You are listening to the Soccer OG. Welcome back. We are into the business end where we welcome in a well-renowned guest, and you know him, you know him. Nate Bucati joining us. You will recognize him from MLC season pass and covering for Apple TV and MLS on Fox. If you're in Kansas City and sports radio,
1: sports radio, talk radio, 810. Is that correct? Sports radio, 810. WHB, I butchered it. The power I... of sports, Max. Can you do that again? Can I say <laughs> that again? Sports radio, 810, <laughs> WHB, the power of sports. That's what our big voice guy says on the imaging, you know.
0: That's very good. By the way, how much of your sports talk in Kansas City circles around Kelsey and Taylor Swift nowadays? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's uh it's front and center, you know, of, of just about everything we do, man. We're we're not like we're not unlike anybody else. So yeah, it's a uh, it's funny, but you have the mix of old school Chiefs fans who just want to hear about football, you know, and then you've got all these other people that can't believe that Kansas city, little old Kansas city has become like the epicenter of pop stardom in the NFL. You know, (laughs) I was,
0: I watched a little bit of the Raiders chiefs game and I was, I saw the Raiders winning and I was ready to do a tweet. If the Raiders won, I think we were up 17, three, and then it ended up 31, 17. And I was ready to go. Look what Taylor Swift has done to that team. And then I, I'll save that for (laughs) another week, but I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not mean spirited. I mean, I, I thought about it. I don't care. I'm happy about it. I just like sometimes when I'm watching chiefs games, which Are on all the time, obviously, because they are the top Mm -hmm. team in the NFL. Uh, they'll do some stat like CBS will do a stat about Taylor Swift, and I go, Please stop this. (laughs) And it's like yards per carry before Swift with Travis Kelsey. I was like, It's it's a little when she shows up to the games, he's correct. That was, yeah, that was the stat.
1: She's in the building, he's like, He's like the old varsity quarterback. Then when the girlfriend's in the stands, he he turns it up a notch. And so, yeah. yeah, they got all the numbers. We're all, that's why we're all now, I, I find myself, this is actually no joke, Max, checking the 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 Taylor Swift concert calendar tour, you know, the tour calendar. <laughs> like, well, uh, you know, because obviously he went down to see her in South America. He's, he's bringing our football, or whatever you want to call it, to to, to Argentina now. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I didn't realize I'd ever be checking the, the Taylor Swift concert schedule, but it's all relevant now because if she shows up, we know he's going to have a big game.
0: And look, I would say I'd never want to talk about it, but the reality is it's interesting. And I saw that because at first they kind of hit it and it seemed like a PR stump, but now you could tell they are very romantically inclined. And he, I saw him say something goes, I'm learning so much from her. It's amazing to see what she's able to do. I'm just mesmerized by it and, you know, going to South America because they're playing and she's playing in huge stadiums here, like 50, 60,000. And they're playing at 100,000 seat stadiums in Argentina and Brazil. Mm-hmm. I think she's touring around there. I mean, it's another level. The reason I know that's because he used to follow the big rock groups that would go down there and play in front of a yeah. hundred thousand. And now she's doing that. So he's gotta see that and go, Oh my god. Because it's I, another I tell level you this. there.
1: You know, Max, he he has, it's clear he did not realize there was this type of <laughs> other level of celebrity, right? Because in Kansas City, up until this point, there's never been bigger stars than Mahomes and Kelsey since maybe George Brett back in the eighties. And it was a different time then, you know, George Brett could go out places and there weren't cell phones everywhere capturing it. He, he and, and Mahomes in this town can't really go anywhere, right. Without a whole mob of people, they got to plan everything out. They got to rent the venue out ahead of time and all that. So I think in his mind, well, she's as big of a star as I am, and I've listened to him talk about it, and he's realized, oh, Another this level. is at a completely different I mean, they got paparazzi outside his door on a daily basis in Kansas City of all places, and uh, I think it has taken him aback a little bit. But I think people like it, Max, because, I mean, look, who knows what the truth is? None of us know, you know what these real relationships are like, but they give off a sense— and I think the reason people love the Kelsey podcast so much that he and his brother. That's like they the number get, one
0: podcast, right? Of and, all sports and, podcasts.
1: It's must listen. If you haven't, it's great. I listen to it because it's part of my show prep. You know, I have to, to know what they've been talking about, but it's awesome. Like you, they get, they get great guests on there. They talk, they're funny, but they talk about real sports things too. But um, they both give off this ridiculously uh, common man vibe for two guys that are like literally the greatest at their craft and the history of the world. And that's what Taylor kind of seems like she does too. You know, she's like this iconic pop star, but at heart she kind of seems like a normal, normal gal, if that makes any sense. And I think people see that between the two of them and they like it, you know, you're not buying
0: it. I ain't buying the normal girl thing. Not anymore. <laughs> that ship is sailed. There's no way she's got to be affected by all of this.
1: Well, I think certainly, certainly.
0: And Kelsey's got to be like, I, I, how do I keep up with, I, and I wish them yeah. the best, by the way, this is going to be my highest rated podcast. Cause we're talking about Kelsey <laughs> <and> Taylor switch.
1: <laughs> Hashtag. If you don't want to talk about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're going to take no a doubt. swift turn. When we talk about MLS yeah. cup playoffs, people yeah. are like, Oh
1: boy. Hey,
0: but it's gotta be, it's, it's gotta be overwhelming for, for that very reason. Cause Like you said, if you're Travis Kelsey or Pat Mahomes, you're Kansas City. I mean, think about just how nice it would be to walk out, grab a quiet dinner, and that's off the table. And you have to plan accordingly and find a spot, secretly come in the back door. And it's like it is insane to even think of of that being at a certain level. And then the Taylor Swift level, she can't go anywhere. She can't go anywhere. (laughs) And, yeah, I, I think and she, she has a huge likes- entourage with her all the yeah. time. And that's got to get that's got to be exhausting. If you're Travis Kelsey, maybe it's not, but it will be.
1: Well, I think he's he's shown some signs that it's it's all it's all a little much to take. Right. And uh, poor,
0: poor Taylor Swift. I mean, but the tortured life, I mean, she's at the top of the world and everything. But it must be difficult to find love because it comes with all of this.
1: My four-year-old wants to weigh in on it too. He's a big fan of uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. My wife, by the way, is like blown away by the whole thing. She she is like she's into it. She took us to the Taylor Swift concert movie. You know, like on a Sunday morning be- before the Chiefs game because she wanted. She's like she's checking out everything. I haven't seen her this excited about like the ch- and she likes the Chiefs, but this whole thing's got her at a different level. Um, so it's it's fun, and um, I think. I give him credit because he took his shot, you know, yeah, like seeing yes. with the, with the, I, I applaud because I feel like, I don't know about you, Max, vastly outkicked my coverage. You know, uh, I'm one of those doofuses that walks down the street and people are like, what is she doing with that guy? And Hey man, <laughs> I don't believe know, that dream big, you know, and Travis Kelsey, he dreamt big and now look at him.
0: Did they ever say how they kind of yeah, so connected? He, Was it he, like, did she,
1: who put the feeler out? So he went to her concert in Kansas city. And I guess her big thing is these friendship bracelets. He made a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. And he tried to pull the, Hey, I'm Travis Kelsey to get it, to get it onto her backstage or whatever. And he said he got completely rebuffed by security. They're like, yeah, whatever, pal. Uh, He got turned aside. So he was talking on the podcast with his brother about that. He's like, yeah, man, I I I tried to, Slide T swizzle my phone number on a friendship bracelet, but they they big time me. They told me no no chance. So I was kind of disappointed. They just kind of made a joke out of it. Well, the word got back to her, and apparently she was like, "I'm interested." And uh, next thing you know, and I, and he told a story on his podcast too that um, apparently earlier in her career she had been doing a, a concert at Arrowhead. And she had like some nieces and nephews or some younger family members that they gave her the chief's locker room. That was like her green room or whatever before the concert. And they were all taking pictures in front of Kelsey's locker because they really liked him. So I think she, she already kind of knew who he was a little bit and, and uh, yeah, man. So he, he, he shot his shot and, uh, and the rest is history, I guess, you know, they're going to ride off into the sunset together. Probably. They have (laughs) a
0: shot because she's dating all these like, Musicians and and yeah. actors and they're kind of I don't know I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> say anything I'm be sorry for but they 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 are certain mold Travis Kelsey is this NFL player he's very striking was he six four and he's he's a good looking dude and yeah. he must be when you see him and, you know I, I'm gonna get myself in more trouble here and you see whoa uh, this is uh, of all the NFL players you know maybe he's certainly at the top of the list with regards to uh, looks the whole package. I,
1: I won't sit here and act like I'm I'm like best friends with Travis Kelsey, but I've spent I've spent some time with him, um, and you know he was a complete knucklehead. I mean he is a knucklehead from Cleveland but, Heights, Ohio. But that's you know,
0: appealing too, right? The...
1: It, he's a lovable knucklehead. He he's not a you know he's not a mean spirited knucklehead. He's and and he's learned. I don't I wouldn't call him a knucklehead anymore. He's grown up a lot. I mean he's 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 a, a really interesting dude. But like when in the early days you've probably seen some of the footage of the watch parties we have in the power and light district in Kansas city Been to a couple.
0: Yeah. Well, I've been to a couple for MLS uh, cup. I think I was there for one. Yeah.
1: And we had them for the world cup watch parties and they do it during the big 12 tournament. And I remember early in his career, that dude was up on stage with me and my co-host doing the limbo with people in the crowd and slamming beers and stuff like that. And we're like, this is like one of the young stars on the football team and he's up on stage doing, he was just, he was living it up. He's like, it was like if any other guy had become an NFL star, he's going to get every ounce out of it that he could. And I think that is probably something that, that is relatable too. he just, he he's a, he's a fun loving guy, you know, and he's, but he's always been incredibly likable. Like he's not a, he's not one of those knuckleheads that's going out there causing harm to people or things like that. As far as anybody can tell in this town, you think you would have heard something like that by now if he was.
0: No, they they seem like guys of of my cloth. Uh, him and his brother Jason, who dressed up after the Eagles won, he like dressed up like a genie or something, and he was there <laughs> for the. war. I go that that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. These are people that I I, I kind of dig. So I I didn't know <laughs> how he pivot from there, but I have an idea how he pivot as we talk about MLS because there are like three or four people that are these celebrities that are just. The Mount Rushmore celebrities, they're so big right now. And Taylor Swift is one. Lionel Messi is another. And we have him in our league, which is great. We saw the euphoria and just the the traffic it causes, however you look at it with people tuning in, which is what we need. We MLS more than anything. I guess Beyonce's up there. I don't know who else you'd put up on that top line. But, you know, some people would say we needed Taylor Swift to – to be uh, romanced by some MLS player. I remember Sebastian Legette was with <laughs> Becky G who's a pretty prominent pop star, but I mean, I was, I was thinking who could in MLS draw the? <laughs> should we
1: even try this? What MLS player? Could- I, I learned a term from my kids called shipping, right? Have you heard that term? Oh, I haven't. I haven't. It, it, it. I got to get more you, hip. When, yeah. Well, I, this is what happens when you have kids in middle school. It's when you say, well, I think that person and that person should go together that, you know, okay. like the, yeah, you, you pair them up, you know. So you're saying we should ship somebody, ship well, a and then Taylor
0: to have Taylor Swift that say, <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing this out there just because it popped, you know, it was the first thing that say, and he might have a he might have a significant other, but just say there was like an FC Cincinnati player. I'm not gonna even name a player, and she was coming to FC Cincinnati games. I mean, we would get the <laughs> eyeballs of the world, and then you kind of, hey, while you're here, why don't you watch some of our wonderful MLS soccer? Yeah, and then that would carry on. It's not no, far-fetched,
1: it could be. No. You know, we we had a little bit of that. It wasn't it wasn't on that global scale or anything, but we had uh, Dom Dwyer and Servando Carrasco were playing in Sporting Kansas City, and so you had Sidney Larue and Alex Morgan coming to Sporting Kansas City games. That's right. That's right. On a fairly regular basis, and I feel like they didn't really get too much PR. Yeah, it didn't seem like you got too much run. You know, at the time, I remember like those of us that were kind of in the know we're like hey Sydney's in you know in the house f- for this one but um i think your point about Messi was one of the things that really stood out to me and one of the things that cuts through especially in a time like where you are in LA the type of stars that stars want to come see right I mean, and that's I think the thing that has everybody in Kansas City so wrapped up in the Kelsey thing. It's like we have because it was fifty years of, of of frustration and misery in Kansas City as a football fan. We watched you know Peyton Manning and John Elway and all these other guys win Super Bowls when the Chiefs were good enough to make the playoffs, but never had any stars. And um, and and then they get Mahomes and Kelsey, and all of a sudden it's like all the celebrities are watching the Chiefs, you know. And and so people in this town really love it. But that that was one of the things that really struck me about the messy phenomenon when he got to MLS was LeBron James is coming to the game, Kim Kardashian's coming to the game, you know, and yeah, the more, the more people we get like that, uh, obviously the more eyeballs come to the league. So hopefully so, we keep it going.
0: Yeah. Maybe I, to your point, you know, there's only one Taylor Swift and I, and Sydney Sidney LaRue and, um, Alex Morgan should draw, some traffic, right. and if they don't, then maybe we're looking at the wrong place, but maybe more of these players coming in. And there's really only one Lionel Messi. We've racked yeah. our brains about who could you bring in that could have that impact, and there isn't anyone. It's not mm-hmm. Neymar. It's not It's not even Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just no. this guy.
1: Not, not even Mbappe. Not even Mbappe. I, I mean, and, and as great of a... He's not been he, so good lately. Uh, well, he's... I just think it's, it's, the, it's the brand that is Messi, right? Yeah. I will say, Max, one of the coolest things for me this year... Um, I was in Fort Lauderdale a lot for work this year. I went to two. I'm sorry, I, I know what that
0: means. That's why, because I know exactly what that means when you're yeah. doing when you're covering soccer in Fort Lauderdale. I know yeah. where you're going and yeah. what it entails.
1: But I went to Messi's first game uh, against Cruz Azul and his second game. The one I think it was the second game. The one against Orlando and. It was something, man. It was something to be there in person. That's the third time. I got to watch Messi play one time against the United States men's national team in the Copa America in in Houston. Um, and he scored a free kick from almost the exact same place that he did in that game against Cruz Azul. And so when he took that, that free kick, I was like, well, I've seen this before. Whipped my cell phone out like everybody else did and got it on video. But it was, man, it was uh, – and I, I'm really looking forward to that next year. The opportunity for people to get because it is it's crazy to watch him on television, but seeing him in person, it it is unlike anything I've ever seen. On the only thing I could compare it to, if we're going to go pop stars, Max, I saw Prince in concert three times, <laughs> and Prince rest his soul. Rest his soul. Uh, Lionel Messi is the prince of 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 soccer because. Every inch of the stadium comes alive when he has the ball in his foot. You know, I mean, and and like the the fans come alive, the security guards come alive, the players on the field, you can just see their posture perk up a little bit. Like something's going to happen and I need to be ready for it. Um, And the only person I've ever seen have that kind of power over even the other people on stage was Prince. When he would play, even the other world-class musicians on stage would look at him like, Wow. Can't believe it. I'm seeing something I've never seen before. And that's, that's, that's messy. If you get a chance to go watch him next year, you got to do it.
0: One wears purple, one wears pink. That's the only difference. No. <laughs> really? One plays a, a mean guitar. One yeah. has an incredible left foot. Uh, and but I, I would imagine as we head it, cause we have Messi, It's a certain amount of years. I think it's two more years for sure. Uh, that he'll be here and we got to take the most of it. And MLS, there's, they've got to feel pressure saying, how do we make the most to not only lift, the the messy effect but how that can build the rest of the league I don't know how you do that I wish I had ideas I just don't know but I, I'm curious as to how it goes where it, it won't be like this first year where everyone says I gotta see Messi I gotta see Messi certainly in Miami because they've gone got to see him but to the point where you still want to see him every weekend and you'll tune in maybe not at that crazy uh f- fan level where you know like we've seen some uh Where you'd see some people, if he wasn't playing or he got subbed, he would li- they would leave. They're yeah, just there to sticking. see Messi. Yeah, and yeah. I get that, but to the I'm looking forward to where it feels a little more normal, but yet it still creates, you know, it still creates that incredible euphoria like he did when he played at Barcelona or PSG. You know every week we're going to see Messi, and yeah. that'll that'll be the case. He's going to still go to different teams, and every city will have a shot. When he came to LA, it was unbelievable at uh bemo stadium the oh
1: that one talk about all the celebrities there right oh my
0: god <laughs> prince william and i mean there was like these the one thing i remember is these giant security guards in front of every suite i go okay keep walking there's so important there that don't try and look because you might get dismembered and he's just a just a giant <laughs> human being of a person so yeah. uh but that, that'll that, that'll continue and you want that but part of it just wants to be like hey Let's tune into Messi, just like everything else. I don't know what the the best way to squeeze the, uh, the squeeze the lemon on all of this, but I hope we could discover it so that it, this high tide of Messi lifts uh, the entire league.
1: Well, it has to be that everybody takes all the added revenue, right? Like we heard the stories about how Chicago was going to make more money off of one game than they made all year uh, with playing at Soldier Field. Well, that needs to turn into a player or two, right? Yeah. Um, and if if everybody out there, um, and I don't know what the collective bargaining agreement will happen going forward, we all know they got to keep spending more and more money on players because that's how you get good players in here. But if every team, you know, Kansas City, uh, they they feel like they were really close on Ronaldo. I don't know how close it really was. But even if they, that's can't right, it somebody, was that
0: was his club, right?
1: Sporting yeah. Kansas. And I, yeah. Why do you think that?
0: sorry to interrupt you there, Nate, but why do you think that was appealing? I always thought maybe he really wants to get off the grid. Yeah. And, you know, Sporting Kansas City, it's a big city, Kansas City, but it's not Miami, which is going to draw attention. It's not L.A. He can kind of maybe blend
1: in a little bit. I, I talked to Felipe Gutierrez, who played here, two different stints here, and he talked about how much he loved it in Kansas City because he could live a normal life. And he wasn't obviously the kind of star that Ronaldo is. Um, I, I know that there, it's funny because in Kansas city, there are some players and wives, the, the Peter Burmeese will tell you a lot of times it's the wags that are the toughest ones to sell on coming to Kansas city, right? They, they're going to move from Europe or wherever they're like, where, where I don't want to go there. Uh, but then there are other, uh, players and wives and, and wives and girlfriends that look at it and go. We can just raise our family here and we have nice neighbors all around us that'll babysit when we're out of town and do all these types of things. And we don't have to worry about, you know, you know, if we lose a game, everybody in town's coming after us and all that stuff. And so maybe that was part of the, part of the appeal. I don't know how serious it really was. I mean, I've talked to Mike Illig, the owner for Sporting Kansas City, and he swears to me, man, it was, it was very close. We really thought we had it done, you know? Um, So well, who knows?
0: The the wives and girlfriends, I can raise a family. And I ha- it has to be appealing to these players because they just want to play football, soccer, mm-hmm. and just go, I like this organization. It's a great little stadium, good fans. I'm going to focus on this game, which I, I spend 24-7 on anyway. I'm not here to go through the velvet ropes. I'm not here to party with Tom Cruise or what have you. I think yeah. that's what David Beckham was, did a little bit because it was part of the PR, but he needed to do that because he was Beckham. But I think most of these Lionel Messi couldn't. He doesn't want that at all, Mm-mm. which Mm-mm. curious that he went to Miami because he's throwing himself into the lion's den there. He's not going to have <laughs> – he might as well be in Argentina,
1: really. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's going to be difficult for him, but I can understand why you go there where you get the best of both worlds and soften the blow a little bit of being Lionel you, Messi.
1: You know, Max, a, a perfect example of what you're talking about, though, is, is a guy that you and I both have gotten to know really well. One of my favorite human beings that I've ever been around – in Major League Soccer, and that is Elier Sanchez. Um, you know, he was here in Kansas City. Came to my house for Thanksgiving a couple years ago. What way? Yeah, I'm so jealous. I'm I crazy. should have invited him to my Thanksgiving. Can I? Oh, do you have a second? Well, I, I, we're not on video, are we? I was going to show you something. Oh man, he brought me one of the coolest gifts that I've ever gotten. Um, have you and ever you heard, still have it? Have you ever heard of the Cognac? Is that like something you eat? It is no. It is a. It is a Barcelona tradition. Okay. I was uh, it is way a off. little it is a little statue of a of a man in a traditional Barcelona peasant outfit squatting and taking a dump. And in every <laughs> and a buddy of mine had gone to Barcelona and told me that in every nativity scene you see during Christmas time, they pop them in there. They 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 put them somewhere in the nativity scene, and it's like a where's Waldo thing. You have to try to find the Air. Um, and, and it became such a, such a funny thing. And I don't really understand what started it all, but it's like, it's such a thing that they started these, there's these little gift shops, apparently you go around in Barcelona and they make Caganiers out of like famous, you can find a Donald Trump Caganiere a Joe Biden Caganiere. And so Elie, I texted him about this and said, Hey, what is this all about? He never responded to me. He shows up at my house on Thanksgiving and he gives me a traditional Caganiere. And a Lionel Messi one. I've got them upstairs on my mantle right now. I want to go grab them for you so I can show them to you. But I know we we, we caused some dead air, I guess. Um, Well, maybe
0: you could send a photo of them and I'll I'll post it, and we'll say, listen to the podcast, and you can see what Nate was talking about. You you
1: can post it on your on your social media, Twitter, whatever. It's it's hilarious, little Lionel Messi's squatting down, taking a dump. I mean, it's, it's
0: (laughs) don't put it in the nativity scene though.
1: Right. Well, that's, I mean, it's what they do. I, you know, Hey man, who am I to judge somebody else's customs? But yeah, like apparently I I can't wait to go to Barcelona someday during the holidays and see, like go to the the different nativity scenes and see if I can find the cog in air. But Elie is, is one of those guys. I would assume he's still like this in LA. He is all about the soccer. And yes. when, when he came, he came to Kansas City because he was the number six at Barcelona B. And then he had gone to Germany, and they changed systems up on him. And he is built to play the six in a four three three, And he felt like, I need to go somewhere where there's stability and a manager that's been around for a while. And I know they're going to play the system that I play. And so the first time I ever interviewed Iliad, I kept asking him, Hey, what do you think of Kansas city? And he was like, yeah, it's, it's a great town. Um, and I said, what's your favorite part about Kansas city? And he said, well, I have to say children's mercy park. <laughs> what? And I said, okay, what's your second favorite part? And he said, well, the training facility. <laughs> and I said, that is, okay. that's it. That's what and I said. Well, come on, man. There's gotta be some stuff you like in this town. And he said, please don't take this the wrong way, Nate. This is a wonderful city and I've really liked it here, but I'm I here didn't come here to see a city. I came here to play soccer. And, and that's, you know, and so guys like that, I mean, I think that, you know, Kansas City is a very attractive place to somebody like that. And you keep bringing in players like that to this league. Yeah, they might not be Lionel Messi, but then when everybody's watching the games and they see how many other good players there are in the league, that's what raises, that's what Beckham did, right? I mean, people, then the, the designated players started coming in, You started getting more. I think it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing with Beckham. Just, it's got to be at a, you know, increased slope, even from what it was when he came to the United wow. States.
0: It's a really interesting discussion. Uh and by the way, um that getting the Cog air would bring good back memories cuz our my my mom's uncle Pepito used to take dumps all over the house during the holidays. Anyway, so it'll bring back great memories. So uh <laughs> he
1: was a human caganer. He was a human
0: what well, What
1: is that smell? Tío Pepito, what are you doing? You want to He's put like, him uh-huh. in the
0: nativity scene. He's like go into your room, I got a surprise. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pepito's sitting there somewhere going, Hey man,
0: ¿Qué pasa? <laughs> hey, pasa, something's, something's not right. I go, yeah. You. Oh, um, Hey, by the way, it's interesting with what you said in Ilya Sanchez, when you see him here at LAFC, I, I'm always at training, uh, interviewing guys or whatever. And they, and they clear out. And then it's like two o'clock and we're packing up and he's still there. Like the young players yep. and just doing all these things. So that's where he's where he wants to be. That's what he wants to play. And him being like the 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 Barcelona B-6, he couldn't crack the Barcelona 6 for the senior team because you have Xavi and you Do have... you know
1: the story? No. I asked him this. I didn't know the full story either. Was he that close? He was the captain of Barcelona B, at least as he tells it, he was in line to be the next number six. And uh, the reason I know this is because when Sporting were getting ready to play against Atlanta United tata martino was the coach and i said hey did you cross paths with him much in uh in barcelona he said when he got Uh the job he brought an alex song to play the six over me and that's when i realized i was never going to be the six and that's why i decided to move to germany oh my isn't that crazy but it's comforting
0: too because i think in our profession those are kind of things that happen to us and you're like
1: yeah it Uh happens
0: to these professional players
1: You you think you're on this path I mean, he is born and raised Barcelona. That was the only club he ever dreamed of. It's everything he always wanted, and it was there. And then all of a sudden, there's a coaching change, and a different coach sees it a different way and doesn't think you're the guy. And But I think that's something that, you know, those are the types of stories I hope people understand when we talk about the quality of this league. Elie Sanchez is is a true number 6 that plays the game at an incredibly high level and he was this close maybe just a different manager away from being the number 6 at Barcelona right I mean and that those guys are in the league there're more and more of them are coming into We just the don't know
0: because they're not yeah. Messi Ronaldo or what yeah. have
1: you yeah. But that you know,
0: I wanted to ask you: Who are the guys they should bring into MLS? And That's a perfect example. If you could find them, those guys that are like a a sliver away mm-hmm. from playing in in a big role, uh, and may miss out, and then they would accept the fact instead of okay, I'm going to go play at Osasuna, or I'll go to Germany, I'll go play at a place where they I know I'll have um, self preservation because they will play this style, and I could do this for five years or what have you and move on. But I wonder where you can find those guys. Cause I was having a conversation and you said now Messi brings in more money to the league. Uh, how do you spend it? You, obviously I'd love to see Ronaldo, Neymar, Griezmann, who keeps saying he's going to come. I would imagine, or Lewandowski's is another name we hear. Those guys are in thirties. And I think where can we get the biggest bang? The, the things that I came up with, you still want to develop good young American players, maybe keep them a little longer here. Um, and then, The American players that have some recognition, like Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Weston McKinney, maybe in a year or so, maybe after 2026, you bring them in because they have that clout. And the other one I was thinking is the Mexican players that are going back to Liga MX, you kind of bring them in to, uh, you know, we've seen that with Hector Herrera, he's been a hit. Carlos Vela's been a hit. Alan Pulido's been great. Uh, Chicharito wasn't because of injuries, but certainly could have. But if you bring in, say uh Chucky Lozano has been mentioned at the Galaxy or Raul Jimenez or Memo Ochoa I think those would be great because you you kind of go at your competitor which is Mexico and that's a fan base you can get after so those are I mean those are the kind of names or people that I would I would pursue but I love the the Ilie Sanchez example but people have to accept it because They would say he's not a big star just based on what they know. Not that they know that he was this close, the information you have. Did I miss something? Or is there a group that you think MLS needs to pursue a bit?
1: I think there's three levels. Um, I think that the Miguel Almiron is the one that you want to get the most, right? The young South American. The young guy that sees this as a big springboard to whatever the next big move is to him because that guy is incredibly exciting to watch. And, you know, I hear I, – I, it's funny because when we do get the chance to talk about soccer on my morning show in Kansas City, Gianluca Busio getting sold over to to Italy was, was brought up. And uh, my co-host, who's not a soccer fan at all, you know, said, well, does that diminish the league because it, it's like you only get to watch the guy for a few years and then he's off to play somewhere else. And I said, well, we just spent a half an hour talking about Kansas basketball and Missouri football. Nice. Uh, those guys are here for two years. And then they go on. They sell out sixty thousand seat stadiums. College football draws incredible ratings, right? You want to watch young ascending players become stars. Um, I think that's the that's that's a big component, and I think that that's one of the smartest things that 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 Atlanta really I credit with bringing that to the league. Instead of just guys that are on the way down, let's let's get some guys in that are on the way up. Then I think there's the next tier, which is the Elias of the world, the guy who's in his prime. 28, 29 years old. Johnny Russell in this town has been the biggest star in Kansas Denny
0: out here in his prime. Bring him boom.
1: Yeah, like he's like, okay. And, and I look at it. I'm a Kansas basketball fan, fourth generation Jayhawk, you know, raised, brainwashed about KU basketball and all that. There are all of these great basketball players that played at KU who have made millions of dollars playing overseas. And there's a perception – that somehow they didn't make it. There was a guy named Because they didn't play Lankford. in the NBA. Yeah, there's a guy named Keith Langford who, who played in the Final Four, lost to Carmelo Anthony in 2003. And he's been oh, playing over... One of the years.
0: best college hoops games, I recall. Oh, just because of who was on the court.
1: Dude, what a game. But he's made millions. And, and I talked to him about... We interviewed him one time, and he said, look, I had multiple offers to come play in the NBA. I would have been the 15th guy on the roster, wouldn't have got any playing time, and made less money. Over here... I'm the go-to guy. I'm the star, and I make millions and millions of dollars. And that's Denny Mwanga, right? And and I and I told and I tell everybody, you sure seem to love watching Keith Langford play when you were a diehard Jayhawk fan, paying two hundred dollars a ticket to go watch him at Allen Fieldhouse when he was the team's leading scorer. You didn't think he wasn't, you know, a, a, a worthy of the price of admission then. And so those guys, Johnny Russell, Denny Mwanga, you know, that are in their prime that maybe are good enough to play in any league in the world. Johnny Russell was about to go to the Premier League. You know, Darby County was about to get promoted, and he decided he w- – same thing we talked about. He wanted to, to go somewhere where he could ha- have a stability and all that. And then I still think you should still bring in – if Robert Lewandowski wants to come to this place and play a couple years, he should be brought to this country. You know, th- those guys, if they – and I don't think – It's funny because people want to paint with one brush as if it's a buying league or a selling league. It's a transactional league. This is a transactional, uh, global sport, right? Every club buys and sells players. Some of them have different budgets and all that, but this league sells players and it buys players, you know, sporting bought Alan Polito. They sold John Luca Busio. And I just think if you just keep raising it collectively, um, and, and yes, you want to bring in some guys that make a splash. But I am much – maybe it's the Midwestern in me, uh, Max, but I am much more uh, stake over sizzle. Give me good players. You know, we'll find out how good they are when they play here. How many people really knew Denny Buwanga was going to be the kind of star that he is? Yeah. But as we watch him, you go out of a while, you're like, damn, look at this guy. So, to me, and bring kids, uh, when, I, when
0: I walk around LAFC, they go, my favorite player is Denny Buwanga. They have Denny Buwanga shirts, which you wouldn't have been able to predict because, you know, you would think Vela, Bale – uh yeah. i'll get another messy shirt but th- that does exist mm-hmm. and i think about it, it's it's it if we doubled or tripled the type of johnny russells or uh honey Mukhtar, there's guys like that are in the middle denny boanga alucho acosta who's kind of in that same mold uh ryan gold guys that could play at top leagues um but they don't want to be the second fiddle and they could be the guy mm-hmm. i think that's a good way to, to sell. I go, you're the guy here. We will build the team around you in many ways, you're and you can feel comfortable. You'll get paid, and you'll have a good lifestyle. Yeah. We've got to be GMs here, uh, Let's Nate.
1: Let's go. Let's keep this thing moving, man. It's broadcasting
0: things for the birds. Let's get into play. <laughs> Even less job
1: security in that line of work probably, but uh <laughs> I know.
0: Oh, this was awesome. I, I did want to talk – just this season, I mean, we, we talked about some of the big – the big item things, which were fantastic. And uh, I know you were on MLS on Fox. You did Houston sporting Kansas city. You've seen a lot of teams. I mean, when you look at what you covered um, from this league um, in 2023, something s- surprised you in a, in a, in a good way or something that you are excited about in 2024. I mean, I think that's a very broad question. I feel yeah. silly asking it, but I, I, cause I don't know if I can answer it. But it was. I mean, I I, I always I, I think I saw enough of a, a, a good, the good young American players, which we touched on, that I think that'll uh, certainly return again. And uh, I think the off season is is going to be the biggest off season we've had because I I certainly feel the pressure that everyone's got to lift their club a bit. So you're gonna have some rebuilds like the Galaxy, Toronto FC, New York City FC to a lesser degree, and then you're going to have some teams like the Sounders maybe or Philadelphia that need a piece or two. I think they're all going to be active. I think there's going to be a lot of activity. And we need to have a silly season show where we talk about the comings and goings. So I think that's going to be something that could lure people in. It may not be the next whatever equivalent of Messi. Maybe you get a couple of those big European stars. But there will be some names that you may not know about that will become – um, the next Diego Valeri or what have you, or a Nico Loeder guys of, of that nature.
1: Well, I think I think you're right, and it really hopefully every year when we you're going to have me on at the end of every season, I'm going to make that like let's tradition do it. Start this now. has been I'm great. Inviting myself on the show. Um, and bring your year, uh,
0: year. uh, what's it called again? The, the little pooper. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the little pooper. Uh, that might be what it means in Catalan. I I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, it 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 I does. Wait, caga, cagar is the Spanish word
0: to poop. Caganer. So, I mean, I imagine the Catalan is very close to the Spanish, but to cagar yeah. is to to crap it yeah, or to, to defecate.
1: <laughs> so, Why is it so
0: hard to talk about that? We all do it, it.
1: It's it's a, it's a, it's as my wife says, they're all just parts, man. <laughs> um, you know, so um, hopefully every time we do this at the end of the season, we're going into the off season, you and I saying, this is going to be the biggest off season in MLS history, because it should, right? It's it's a rising tide. We, we think that the trajectory of this thing, especially going towards the World Cup and with this Apple deal and all that is going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so hopefully that's exactly what we see. And I think it's going to happen. I got some numbers for you here. This is this is a uh, self-congratulatory stuff or whatever. But just just for me, you asked me about the season. Uh, this has been the biggest whirlwind of a professional year I've ever had. I, I was, oh, That's uh, awesome. Oh man, I was the I was the announcer for Sporting Kansas City for the past 8 years. I got to do some stuff with Fox off and on. Um, you know, just kind of as a fill-in up until this year. This year, 50 games, 27 MLS teams out of the 29. The only two I didn't get to do games for were Miami and NYCFC. <laughs> seven Liga MX teams during league's cup. 85 Bonvoy Marriott nights. <laughs> uh, plus a few How did other... you get so
0: many, I'm like at 30, you know, it it, they mustn't be processing the number for me. I got to lot call of Marriott. to Fort
1: Lauderdale, buddy. That's you got to check, man. You got to check on the points. You know, that, that's the, you know, if you're going to travel, you got to follow that up. But, um, you know, it, it was, it was such a cool experience to me to get to see all these different teams and to talk to all these different coaches. We get the opportunity, you know, to have our zoom calls with them and ask them good questions. And, um, you know, and 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 just having the chance to be, and I got to work with some great analysts. I know you work with Dunny, who's one of the one of the great ones, and Tony. Hey, Miola he's okay. And yeah, we don't want to. He's no Tony Miola. Much. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it um it was a great year for me as an experience. But in terms of, I just feel like the those of us that got lucky enough to do some of these games this year were uh, witness to the start of something special. And obviously, this thing has been special already, and it, it it this isn't the very beginning, but this is kind of a new chapter, right? There's all the I don't know what point zero oh we're on, with MLS at this point, but um, I I'm I am absolutely certain that this thing is going to continue to take off. I I just am, and um, and I, I will say this to another observation: we we get down to this these these conference finals, right? I think there's a lot of fear by people from the smaller markets that with the advent of the way that LAFC has been able to spend money and, and, and inter Miami has it been able to spend money that what happens to the smaller or mid market teams, we're looking at Columbus and Cincinnati, right? We're looking at Houston as a big market, but they haven't
0: operated. And LAFC like hasn't was. spent this crazy amount that people think when you look, because th- yeah. that's transparent yeah. with the, uh, the payrolls.
1: Yeah. And They're, so they don't
0: spend nothing, but it's not right. like, Guys aren't making a million, two, three million dollars. Very few. Yeah, are.
1: and and I look. I think that everybody does need to. It it needs to continue to go up. Yes, all the way across the board. But I I maintained all my buddies that uh, that like soccer, but are hesitant to buy in on MLS. You won't find a league in the world where everybody seems to have a fighting chance. You know, everybody has a fighting chance. Is this Cincinnati three wooden spoons, and now they've got. You know, a, a supporter shield, and they're one game away from hosting MLS Cup, and what an atmosphere that would be in that stadium! So, if we tried to picture that ten years ago, Max, it would have been impossible. So, it's it's been awesome. It's been it's, dude, and I will say this other thing for me that I don't know if this is interesting to your audience at all or not, but getting to know I've I've gotten to know you over the years, but getting to know guys like you even better through the course of this year has Good been peeps everywhere. Pleasure. Yeah, man, it's awesome.
0: The Players, the coaches are all in on this, yeah. and I agree. And you know what? I ask a lot of kids. I see guys at stadiums and I ask their kids, do you like it? And you know, 10, 11, 12. So it's not like a uh, kid is not putting together sentences, but they who watch the sport and they love Apple TV and they're getting into it. And uh, I the the complaining just drives me bananas because like even now, this weekend we saw a packed house in Houston, packed house in Seattle, packed house in Cincinnati. Orlando is pretty close to full. They'll they'll fix that. But so many clubs that would have done it and been euphoric about um, this being at this stage. And I just feel like we're our own worst enemy. And everyone's got to get on board because there's so many riders and so forth that we're watching this LAFC-Seattle game or the Cincinnati-Philly game. And people are still complaining about the best of three. I'm like, okay, no other league does that. No other league is just... Okay. Just accept the way it is. There's a reason why these, the the league operates the way it is. It's lasted this long. So they're doing something right. Is it perfect? Well, probably not, but I mean,
1: well, you know, like you said, from 10 years ago, the improvement is vast. Well, I would say that a lot of times your biggest strength, they say is your biggest weakness, right. And, and vice versa. I think one of the biggest, the, the thing that you're, that you're hearing people complain about, right. Is the changing of the format on a consistent basis. Um, and I get that because it is kind of frustrating. You, you what, what are we doing now? What's the format now? How are they deciding it? And by the way, um,
0: the, the the regular MLS fan that's out there, and I talk to them all the time, they don't know and they don't know how to keep up with it. And they ask me, you know, what's going on? And it seems like an observation like that's so you know, very basic that you would say, why don't they know? And I go, we, we don't inform people well enough. And the change is, is difficult.
1: Let's be honest, it's not simple. I mean, when I, when I, my co-host on my morning show asked me to lay it out and I'm like, okay, how can I lay out this format in a 15 second? <laughs> What's the US like
0: Open it? Cup? What's the yeah. league's cup?
1: <laughs> yeah, and all that stuff. And I, you know, I, I do it all the time. I try to explain it. I look forward to, I don't get upset with people that ask me or, or act confused by it. You know, I'm happy to try to explain it. But so that you could say that's the biggest weakness, but I also think one of the biggest strengths that MLS has over all these other leagues in the world is because it is such a young league, it's malleable you know we can keep yeah. adjusting it we can it's keep great. trying things we were the ones that tried var first you know because hey we'll try it you know it, but oh uh, leagues cup who's done that before it by the way Two i should have started with going head to head loved leagues cup loved it was so
0: it. much better than because at first we had our guard up but when you see it unfurling you're like this is pretty cool
1: because in summer uh, times in mls people would just tune out like i don't know I, I felt like it was the best sporting event that people in the United States didn't know about, and I hope that the word spreads because it was awesome. I mean, I loved it, and I think the more that we get the two leagues building off of the strengths that each one has, the tradition and the fan bases of the Mexican teams, with the facilities and the and the ownership and and everything that you have in MLS, it's um it's awesome. I that was it that to me maybe was the biggest success of the whole of the wow. whole season to me o- outside of Messi, of course.
0: My guess is other leagues may tinker with that and say, hey, we're going to do an a English Premier League La Liga challenge or something along those lines because it makes sense. I was watching the Champions League today in the group stage. Not that that's going away, but it wasn't – I mean, I was yawning. I mean, it was hard to find where the action was. It wasn't – t- it's more VAR arguments. I, I, I Look, I love the Champions League, but it's not this untouchable, um, just irresistible force. Of world soccer, maybe we can get down the road. But at this stage, it was pretty boring. And something avant-garde and different, like the League's Cup, maybe because it's new, but yeah. it was anything
1: but boring. It was it was fun. But yeah, we that's the point. We can do stuff like that. We can, yeah. We can try things. And I'm I'm, think- ju- I'm envious of us, Nate. There we go. See, <laughs> look at us. Who would have thought?
0: <laughs> Nate, this, I, uh, this was an awesome conversation. I wasn't sure where we we're going to head and I, I, there's so much left on the plate, but we'll have to come back and revisit and pick up where we left off. But uh, Nate Katie, MLS season pass on Apple TV. Also, you can hear him on uh, MLS on Fox and also 810 there in Kansas city.
1: I'm going to send you the picture of that Cog and Air, Max. Cog and Air. And have some fun. We did yeah.
0: some good work today. And it's still it'll continue with some photos for you guys Thank on you. social media. Nate Bucati, in and out of the business end. We'll be back with Check Complete. We'll have our first little look ahead of 2024 for the USMNT, what the Nations League, what Copa America is going to look like. With a long way to go still, this is the Soccer OG. We are back, time now for Check Complete, where we'll talk a little US soccer as they prepare for 2024. Just a light sprinkling here of what to expect after the United States advanced after defeating Trinidad and Tobago 4-2 in goal aggregate, lost the second leg, I know. But we you know it's it's something nothing we can do about. Let's move forward, because they did what they were supposed to do, and I wanted to mention this. Four teams that qualified for the World Cup were in Nations League, so to speak, quarterfinal action. Costa Rica did not make it through to the Nations League semifinals. They still have to try and qualify for Copa America. Canada, same thing. Mexico, by the skin of their teeth, I mean, probably shouldn't have gotten through. So really, the only team that was clean into the Nations League semifinals is the United States who are the two-time reigning champions there. So as disappointed as it looked against Trinidad and Tobago, it was aided by a bizarre situation with Sergino Dest, which changed the game. Uh, We can be critical of Greg Perhalter. He deserves some criticism, but these players deserve criticism too, and we are not as good as we would like us to be at this stage. We have a lot of things we need to work on. We have players that were out injured. We have players that aren't playing regularly. Gio Reyna's been great, but he could be doing so much better if he was playing regularly at Dortmund. He doesn't get on the field there. He's the only guy that we may have in the knockout stages of the Champions League. So, you know, there is a little... Gio Reyna is playing for the U.S. because we have no other options. Dortmund does. So, there's a lot of issues that we need to resolve. The good news is it's happening now. And you know they're still hitting their spots. We're not sitting here not missing out on the Nations League. Can you imagine hosting the Nations League uh, at Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas, and there was no USA or Mexico in it? What a what a disaster! We need Mexico in it to sell tickets, and we need Mexico in the Copa America because we want the Copa America to become a regular thing. And if Mexico's not there for this edition, CONMEBOL, South America's governing body, is going to tail out of here. They are interested in combining a competition with us because of USA and Mexico. Those are two powerhouses. Just look at the seeded teams. The first grouping that will be, you know, when they do the draw on December the 7th. Wow, that's coming up here. That's going to be a fun thing to talk about. We'll have a, a video and we'll talk about it here on the podcast. I'll give you my thoughts. But the seeded teams are Argentina, Brazil, USA, and Mexico, and it's based on the FIFA rankings. So immediately you can see how the Copa America gets better because you have two top 13, 14 global teams in USA and Mexico making the tournament. You have a 16-team tournament as opposed to a 10-team tournament. I'm sorry, but in this era of expansion, World Cup's expanding, men and women, Euros are expanding... Everything's expanding. Champions League's expanding. MLS Cup playoffs are expanding. Everyone's expanding because they want more teams. CONCACAF Champions Cup is expanding. No one's going backwards. No one wants a 10-team tournament. 16 teams works. You get the 10 South American teams and you get the 6 best CONCACAF teams. So you're going to get USA, Mexico, Jamaica, Panama, and maybe Costa Rica and Canada. That's pretty good. So... You want it to be an attractive tournament and for in order for that to happen, and I know we'd have laughed if Mexico didn't qualify, we need Mexico or this will not work. And we need to have a really good tournament in 2024 to show that this is sustainable. And, you know, I don't know if we're gonna have a regular Copa América with a combined tournament, but it makes sense. And if this tournament is lights out and maybe a CONCACAF team wins it or makes a final, hello. We have got something. So you can already see the benefits of this tournament as it is expanding. But let's go to the Nations League first, which has been a really good tournament. And last year, the USA won it. And look, I saw CBS Sports, Golazo, and Jesse Marsh was there. And he was ruffling feathers. He's got a new podcast with Charlie Davies and Jimmy Conrad. And they asked him if he would be the coach of the U.S. men's national team. He says he's more interested in pursuing a European team, which is great. But then he said that the U.S. doesn't have a signature win. Okay, they don't. They really haven't had an opportunity to beat anybody. I mean, they played Germany. And even if they beat Germany in a friendly, is that going to be the signature win? They played at the World Cup. They played well enough. They played in the Nations League, blew out Mexico and Canada. Those are kind of signature wins. So if we're we're always taking shots, always taking shots. And, you know, Jesse's stirring the pot a little bit, but that is what uh, you get. The U.S. have done well in CONCACAF. We are only as big as our federation until we can build uh, a relationship with uh, bowl. we're not going to do it with uefa the, the idea that we're going to play uefa teams remember when germany made a big stink they go why are we going to the united states european teams aren't coming here and they're not going to accept us over there because they have their calendar set they don't need us come Bowl's our last hope so that's why this nation's league in march which will be exciting i ex- uh, expect people i expect the u.s to win that look out for panama The USA will play Jamaica, I believe, so look out for Panama, man. They've been really good, although the U.S. should win that. And then the Copa America, where they should be able to get their signature win. And as a seeded team, they should have a favorable group, and I would expect them to perform well. I would expect them to win their group and then make a quarterfinal, maybe a semifinal. You would love the U.S. to go further if they could. And they're playing at home, which is going to make it easier. And the big issue, as we saw with Trinidad, is the U.S. can't win away. I don't know how to alleviate that. We don't really need to win away, so what are we complaining about? 2024, Copa America is here. 2026, the World Cup is here. So we don't have to prove ourselves on the road, really, until 2027. So <laughs> Everything's kind of coming here. Does it help the U.S.? Does it help these players? No, not really. But the reality is, is everything's coming here. So we we can try and be better on the road, but that is only going to achieve something very selfishly that, to prove that we could win on the road. And by the way, I was talking about that Trinidad game. You know, Greg Berhalder didn't want to play some of these young players that he brought in. Everybody wanted the young, talented players, and we got them. We got Kevin Paredes. We got Alejandro Zendejas, we got Chris Richards. Chris Richards is a great example. We know he's talented, but he can't break in on his team. And now he can't break in in this 11. And then the guy who replaced him, Cameron Carter Vickers, didn't wow us either. Are we really sure that these guys are the answer? Because in a game in Trinidad and Tobago, I would almost honestly prefer just to see Walker Zimmerman or Christian Roldan make the squad because they're used to go down there. These kids aren't ready for that we got to work on that. That's part Greg Berhalter's fault because we haven't developed the players, but it's also part the players. they got to take some responsibility. Greg Berhalter p- sees them for a small amount of time over the year. And when they're with their club teams, their coaches aren't prioritizing them. Not Chris Richards, not Gio Reyna. Uh, really not Matt Turner now. He's become a backup. You have a great situation with Christian Pulisic and Yunus Musa, but A.C. Milan. Eh, Not as great as we thought. Still fantastic that they are there. But that's a team with some flaws. But there's this group of players that are not playing regularly. Ricardo Pepe's not playing for PSV. You know what I mean? It's it's far from perfect. So it's not just Greg Berhalter's fault. And I didn't want to talk like this about it. I wanted to preview this because be very excited with what's happening in 2024. Nations League semis, we were... We were a bit concerned about it when it first popped up where in 2021, where I was there in Denver. It was good. I was there, had a great time. Great final between USA and Mexico. Then the one in Vegas was that was great. And we saw Folar and Balogun make his breakthrough. And you know, the US took care of business. So why wouldn't you get excited about this one? Maybe another chance to go head to head with Mexico. Remember, we beat Mexico in the semis and then Canada in the final. All these teams in CONCACAF are, are teetering, but the U.S. is remained the top dog. And now we have a chance definitely to win a trophy in the Nations League and perhaps come close in the Copa America. By the way, in pot two, the two teams at the U.S., when that draw comes around, that they want to avoid are Uruguay and Colombia. There's also Ecuador and Peru. You would love to see Peru go on that USA group. Peru is out of pot two, is in the USA's group. The USA is going to win their group in the Copa America. Take it to the bank. So look forward to the draw, and let's look forward to 2024. Hopefully it gets better. The team hasn't gotten better off the back end of 2023. The September and October windows were, eh, not great. But a lot of things have to raise their standard. Not just Greg Berhalter, but some of these players. And we'll see, man. Can you rely on the young players right now? Because they their growth is, is stalled. Collectively, and for the most part, some individuals have emerged, but it has stalled. The Soccer OG, rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. We'll be back with that draw reaction. We're getting into December. Have a happy holiday season. I uh, Hope you enjoyed Nate Katie. I certainly did. And as I know I've taken enough of your time, as I always like to, even though it's not on a Sunday, Placido Domingo.